Okay, another day, another FBL pod. Jack, a biggie, we're approaching the new season. So obviously we need to come up with our bus teams, share them with everyone, share our thoughts. How do we get to where we are now? The new season's fast approaching, but before we share our teams, can you take me through your approach? You know, what, what kind of things did you consider in general? Sure thing, Josh. And hello, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this, the episode three of uh, another FPL pod. So great to be back. Yep. So as you say, Josh, four days to go. I started tinkering way as soon as it launched, basically. So again, we're different here, aren't we? I was, I just couldn't resist making that team, looking at the prices, seeing what was going on. You, on the other hand, I believe this team has been live for what a couple of days, if that. Today, literally today. today. So you've taken your time. I admire you for that. I admire you because I mine has gone through the ringers, completely different to how it was when I first started. But yeah, excited to reveal our bus teams. So yeah, in terms of what I, my thoughts and sort of strategy for picking the picking the starting eleven certainly is track record is is number one. So before I look at the fixtures and the prices, I've already got in my head right which players had just have to be in this team. The kind of gut feeling based on previous history, which players just have to be in there. And already that was two or three, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd have a look at the prices, see who I think is very good value for their, uh, for their price. So not necessarily who I think are going to be the highest scorers, but who's at a low price that I think will perform better than the other players at that price point. And then... Then I would say, look at the fixtures. So I say, right, what are the first three or four fixtures? Has anyone got a notably easy run? And certainly for picking defenders, that's what I uh, that's what I go for. And I tell myself every year, ignore the preseason games, ignore the friendlies. They're just for fitness. Ignore, ignore. And then, of course, a few weeks of preseason friendlies cannot help but turn my head. And then I just bring in all the players doing well in preseason and forget everything else I've just said. So, and here I am now. So that is, broadly speaking, my broad, broad tactics without going into detail. How about you? Yeah, I think we're very similar. Like, you, from what I could take, if I boiled it down from what you said, it's really based on recent performance. So like last season, who who are the big players? And they made the foundation of your team. And then, you know, phase two of your plan once you've got that foundation is, you know, you're building the first floor, the ground floor, whatever you want to call it. And those are the players that may be filling the middle part of your budget. Who's going to perform well at the value that they are, maybe hidden gems. And then the last, the next, the next level up is just the fodder, isn't it really? Mm. Um, And that's really how I did mine as well. I didn't try to put too much stake in preseason because we've kind of taught year on year that, especially with a big, you know, tournament with the Euros and Copa America and stuff as well, players come back late and you don't really get a, a mm. glimpse at, you know, what is the true starting lineup of these teams. And and we'll see in the first couple of game weeks, I'm sure that a lot of players, a lot of teams won't, won't have who will be their starting lineup because they've just recently come into training or whatever. I'm also really wary of like new managers, the, the promoted teams not really knowing 
yeah what, what they're going to do people returning from injury as well you know are they going to be as good as they were before they're back do they need a little bit of a running start um very tough well let's touch on that what's your general view on promoted teams what's your do you avoid do you see who's done one of the championship you look at tony pookie Buendia. do you look at those guys and think yes they're going to kill it because for me uh, well what what do you think generally avoid them until we've had mm. a couple of game weeks to look at them because people always say like look how well are they've performed and you go on youtube and look at these compilations of them banging goals in and then you, you try and think like how many opportunities if they've, they've got in in the division below they are dominating teams aren't they and they're getting so many chances mm. and they're going to be playing in a very different league with a lot less opportunities the whole way through like the, throughout yeah. the team that is so you know defenders are going to be on under the cosh midfielders aren't going to have enough space attackers aren't going to get as many chances as as, as they have been getting so it's just so there's so much uncertainty at the start of the season anyway and it feels like with promoted teams there's that's that to the nth degree isn't it like you don't know mm. what, what what's going on there but um what about you and you know I mean, yeah, you don't, you just do not know if it's going to be a Patrick Bamford or uh, Rudy Gestead, do you? You know, they got the same amount of goals in the championship, completely different performers uh, when it came to the Prem level. And what about new signings then? So not necessarily promoted teams, but new signings, your Jaden Sancho's coming from another league, especially. Do you, are you wait and see on those or are you got to get Jaden in? He's clearly amazing. Again, wait and see. Maybe it's because I'm quite risk adverse. Like, I won't try and find those like upside or differential picks in game week one. I'd much rather go with someone who has a lot more like certainty. Mm. Definitely going to be in the team. And that's the thing with these these new players, aren't they? That even if they're a marquee signing, they don't always start right from the beginning because the managers want them to have more time in or, or whatever. And yeah, I, I feel like new signings new teams in general where there's just another level of uncertainty and i think there's enough picks out there where you you don't have to take that level of risk and you can just you know dip your toe in the water and if sancho kills it for two three game work game weeks then you can um you can get him in your team i you know to I, you know i completely agree with you man i think we're in total agreement there why take the risk i always think you've got People want the shiny new toy, don't they? They want the, oh, it's a sexy new signing. Um, you know, we all got sucked in by Timo Werner last year, didn't we? So many of us saw him oh, kill Timo. it in the Bundesliga. 9.5 came in, seemed like a bargain. Shock horror, he didn't didn't get going. Yeah, people love that shiny. The, the novelty of so a new signing is so real and alluring, isn't it? It's so sexy to have that player rather than a guy who's, you know, banged in the goals in the Prem already, but we all know them. So, um, yeah, I think good advice to kick us off, Josh. Stick with the tried and true players that you know can perform in the Prem. Exactly. We, we seem to agree, don't we? As much certainty as possible in a game where there's no certainty. So exactly. Perfect. 100%. And what <laughs> is your, before we move on to the teams, what's your view on the ownership? Because it shows you, doesn't it? The, even before the game started, what the current ownership of that player is. So if I look at someone like Grealish, he's on 30% ownership already. 
Bruno Fernandez, 40 plus percent. I think Luke Shaw is currently the highest owner, 50, over 50 percent owned. So do you, to what extent do you pay attention to that? Do you care about that preseason? Do you, are you worried about missing out on the player? Does it put you off a player if he's too highly owned? I'd say, I'd like to say it's not, it doesn't have that much of a stake in my decision-making, not at the first round, but it definitely comes into play once I've whittled down a shortlist. So I won't sort by or have a look purposely for the ownership. I'll come up with the with the players that I like. And then if there is a one standout there who has massive ownership, then of course, you don't want to find yourself behind after four game weeks, mm. after so many people having to, to catch up. So I, I'd only consider ownership when I've already... I really like that player. I'd never pick a player purely on ownership. If they're ready sure. in the shortlist, then yeah, great. That's another reason to pick that player. But what about you? What do you do? You really consider that right from the the get go? I'll I'll look at it. I think, and I'll only use it to identify players I haven't thought of yet. So if I see a player twenty percent owned who didn't even occur to me, that'll be a red. That'll be a flag to go. Oh wait, you didn't even think about this guy, Jack. Why not? Is he really cheap? Is he got a good fixture? So, so I'll use it as a kind of watch list of my own, if you like, of the top, the most owned players of, oh, I didn't even think about Fafana before he got injured. He's really highly owned. Oh, yeah, I probably should have him in. But like you say, I don't let it weight my judgment of a player. So there's a very, very highly owned player that I deliberately haven't got in, in favour of an equal price player that we'll see soon, who's very, very lowly owned. Because I actually think the lowest, the lower owned player has a better fixture, certainly game week one. And I view, I'm actually viewing that as a little sword play to, to get the edge over some people. But we'll come to that. It is foreshadowing. I like it. Yeah, they, there, yeah, there you go. All right. So, so do you want to explain? It? Yeah. Do you want to explain how we're going to do it then? Because we're not going to go through each other's teams. We're going to take a slightly different approach. That's right, Josh. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to take it position by position and then reveal our players in that position. So we'll go with goalkeepers first, defenders, midfielders, attackers, and then discuss each of our picks in each position by position. That was the plan, right, Josh? We're going head to right? head. Literally, we're going head, head, to, head. to head. Toe to toe. Let's do it. Mano in mano. Um, cool. So let's kick it off. Goalkeepers. Um, Goalkeepers. So I, I guess I can start. At the moment, I'm with Martinez. Mm as the starting goalkeeper and on the bench i've gone with brighton sanchez um, wow so you've gone heavy you've gone, I've gone heavy. heavy and i think it's again just trying to cover bases right from the get-go i considered going for a premium and then you know a four million someone someone who may not start um but get cover the kind of bases a little bit as a fallback but then i considered even with the premiums, I wasn't really happy that they could deliver more than Martinez for starters. And then Sanch- having Sanchez was just a bit of a backup. So having Edison plus a four mil goalkeeper is the same valuation as having Martinez and Sanchez. Interesting when I'm looking at it. Yeah. I mean, I do think objectively all prices guard Martinez is the best goalkeeper option. I agree with you there. I've gone for, I'm going super cheap as chips time. So Ooh. I'm going Sanchez as my number one with his backup steel um, on the bench. So a 4.5 and a 4.0. That's because I think Sanchez is easily the best 
Mm-hmm. And you've obviously identified him as well. Brighton's first three fixtures are really good. I think that's some of the best. And yeah, I just don't like having that extra million in the goalkeeper spot. So I've got that million to, to spend elsewhere. I just think goalkeepers, I hate transferring them. I hate thinking about them. I don't want to don't want to go near them until wildcard time or free hit time. I just want to set and forget two of the same team. See you later. If you get me points, great. I mean, now and again, you get the Martinez of last season, don't you? Like the 4.5 who just comes in and absolutely obliterates the records. And if that happens, I'll obviously jump on it. But I think it is rare. And... Yeah, I'm more right now. I'm more interested in spending the extra million elsewhere. So that's my reasoning there. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I think <laughs> like I've let you down, man. <laughs> You've let you down, man. I, I thought you'd be Martinez all the way through as a Villa fan. I thought I, uh, pains me didn't. not the five point five, the extra point five. If it was five, I would have definitely. I would have gone for him if it was five, but I think the five point five. And I do actually think Villa's defense. It took a bit of a dip the last 10 games of the last season. It actually didn't really affect Martinez because he just made more saves because he's that good. But I'm not I'm not totally hyped on our clean sheet potential this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're going to leak goals. I think we'll score goals and leak goals. So I think he's just a great... But he'd say that he's a... Fucking good goal, isn't he? He makes some amazing saves. So I think the bonus magnet as well. He is he? a bo- he really is. He really is. And I may I'm, I'm prepared to regret not getting him, but I'm hoping my that million has gone to more points elsewhere. So yeah. let's and, find out. And you can be reactive, can't you? Like it's it's the 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 difference in value of goalkeepers is tiny to get from where you are to a premium, even is is tiny. You you can yeah, shuffle around true. very quickly and get to the most expensive keeper in in you know two two players like two transfers that's it um i guess the only the only thing i was concerned about with sanchez that maybe made me bolt a little bit was the injury concerns they've got at the back so at the mm. moment it looks like lamptey and burn might not be starting yeah, at the beginning of the season and obviously they've got no white um but that said you know no one knows how anyone's going to be performing right from the beginning and they do have great first five fixtures. I think what Burnley, Watford, Everton, um, first three. Like the only yeah. game week five, they hit Leicester. But you know, you, I feel like there's a, a clean lot of game weeks away. There's got to be a clean in there for me. There, there's got to be a clean in the first. I'll be very disappointed if there's not a clean sheet in that three games. But you don't know, do you? Wait and see. Again, I don't. I don't want to sweat too much of a goalies. I don't want to. You know, I just think it's the lowest upside. I remember when I first started playing the game, I was captain goalies 12 years ago. I was like, well, they're going to play every game. Solid six points every game. Makes sense to the captain. Yeah. Shows how wrong I was back then. <laughs> Shows how naive I was. Alison, last year, they can get a goal, you know? Yeah. Oh, what a, what a moment. What a moment that was. Great. Cool. Well, in, Is that, that goalies field? done? Are there any? We haven't missed any others, have we? I mean, I think like the usual suspects, Pope, Pickford. I mean, I just think they're all a bit too expensive for what they... What they are, I'm just looking now. Yeah, I mean, Burnley last year, they didn't do all that. They've got Liverpool and Arsenal in the first five game, first fixtures. Edison, you know, the defence at Man City, no defence was mm. great last year with clean sheets anyway, but I, I don't know what The save points aren't there, are they? The save points aren't there for Edison and Alisson. Exactly. They're just not, they just don't get enough shots today. Meslier was the other, the other one that tempted me, the Leeds one. 
I think he he similar to Martinez, he makes more saves than he should. And but I they're think so he... attacking. They like leave him yeah, behind yeah, just by exactly. himself there sometimes. It's true. It's true. You gotta feel for him. You gotta feel for him. But I, I don't hate the Mesle pick at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're missing any anything there. We've covered the premiums. Yeah, Maybe they don't quite hit evaluation. Boring. Done. Goalies are boring. Goalie, goalies are boring. Let's move all on. All right. All right. What's your defense looking like then? Give me your give me your starting defenders and then who's on the bench in your starting so, lineup. Starting at the moment. In terms of defenders, I've got Kufal for West Ham. Yeah, love it. Uh, Shaw, obviously, you've already mentioned, picked by a lot of players and is looking, if mm. it, he performs anything like last season, immense. Mm. Brent Alexander-Arnold, not just because I'm a Liverpool fan, but his 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 attacking returns, assists and, and involvement in attacking play for Liverpool is incredible. And then... I've got Simicas at the mm, moment because nice. Very contemporary we'll have pick. news today. Rob Robertson apparently is having a scan today on his ankle. If he mm, didn't is, look good, did it? Didn't it look good. Did, it didn't look good. And I think even if it isn't as bad as they think, he's not going to be starting the first game week mm. um, against Norwich. So I think looking at preseason, and this is only because I've watched a lot being a Liverpool fan, Simicas has looked very good like full of energy, almost a kind of beta of Robertson. Um, mm. So I think it won't be the case that Milner will slot in at left back. It will be the case that Simicast comes in if Robertson's not available. So I think it's a cheap 4 million entry into Liverpool's back line. You're tempting me. You are tempting me there. He is, I mean, yeah, the only thing that stopped me getting him was I want three other Liverpool players. So I want I want the two mids, but yeah, I think he if you can work your if you can get your midfield set up in a way that you're happy to just have one Liverpool mid, then yeah, what a way into the uh, into the Liverpool defence. Is he going to start for you then? Was that sorry? So you got Kufal, Trent, Shaw. What formation are you running at the moment? At the moment, I've just got a four four two. Four four two, yeah. So he would start right. He would start. So that would be double Liverpool defence against mm. Norwich. And then the bench bench fodder that I've got is Amati, another yeah. type coverage from the from injuries. So Evans injured at the moment, Fafana injured with that horrific injury. I think the the site, the FBL site has it's not always accurate, but has Evans not coming back until September. Fafana looking at that injury is going to be out for a while. So Soinji was obviously there, but Amati looks like he's going to be the solid pick as his, as his defensive partner mm. from the get-go. And, you know, their, their fixtures aren't terrible. Wolves, West Ham, Norwich, first three, then they've got City. So I'm hoping that across that five, it's pretty solid picks, really. And two of them are four mil. So. I like it. I love the Kufal pick. I wish I did have him in. I wish I still had the guy. I might still, I might still put him in. Yeah, I might still do it. He's, I think he's going to be on for some... Like, he, he's one of those guys that... I heard someone say it. He was one... I think they said he was one goal away last year from being a 5.5 this year. Like, wow. he, I think he had a couple of chances, didn't he? Where I think he just... His potential is huge, Kufal. So, yeah, he's one I wish I had. And I might... I'm, he's what I'm, I'm very tempted to go for. And, yeah, fair play. I like you. You've gone with a super cheaper on the bench... Looking at mine now, I'm I'm kind of second guessing it. 
<laughs> so I'm natural. Got, as soon yeah, as you see someone else's team, is. you're like, oh, really? So I've got, I've gone for, I've got the two big boys, Shaw and Trent, like you have. Mm-hmm. And then I've got starting as a three with them. I've got White at the moment. So Arsenal's Ooh. do signing. So he's a 4.5. And then I've got Veltman and Loughton as the other two 4.5s on the bench. Mm-hmm. So the idea, and I'm obsessing over that bit of research we did for the last pod, testing the tropes that we that we did, where fixtures mattered for the defence. So my idea is to rotate those 4.5s for whoever has the best fixture. But looking at it now, I could easily downgrade Veltman to the Amati and turn White into the Kufal, which I might do still. But yeah, my thought with White was he's locked in. The Arsenal defence was actually not, it was pretty underrated last year. Like they didn't actually, I think they had the third best XGA or something crazy. Like they had the third, like they should have conceded the third least amount of goals, which I was really surprised about. And I think adding White in, they're not going to spend 50 million on a centre-back not to play him. Um, and then Veltman and Loughton in their respective defences. I think Loughton's just, you know, what you get with Burnley, grind out some 1-0 wins. And Veltman, yeah, I mean, not a massive fan of of him really with the Brighton injuries, but it was another 4.5, a lot 4.5. And their fixtures are insane, aren't they? Right and their fixtures are good, yeah. I mean, I've got the Sanchez in goal to, to get those clean sheets and doubling up feels a bit dicey, but... Yeah, I think you've... You know what? You've convinced me to get Kufal now over... Oh. Over... I think I'm going to, yeah, switch Velton to Amati and bring Kufal in for White. I think. I'm going to sleep on it, but I think that's that might be my next move. This is why we're doing it. Yeah. You know, this is this is it, Josh. Talk it through. Talk it through. But I think... Um, this is... Yeah, yeah. I, I literally the, the players that you were talking about there, you know, White, Veltman, they were they were ones that were crossing my mind. And I think the only reason, really, why I went immediately to Simkas and Amati is because the valuation, just the pure valuation. So obviously, mm. when the report or the scan comes back from Robbo uh, Robertson today, we will have, probably have news on that tomorrow or Wednesday ahead of you know the weekend fixtures will know whether Simakas is pretty much in the starting lineup. There mm. obviously is a chance that he plays Milner left back, but if I'm honest, uh, I think looking at Simakas preseason and he'd make him pretty unhappy in terms of morale if he started. Mm. Is he a new signing? Is he new this summer? He was new last year, but obviously with COVID happening, one, who's going to you know displace Robertson anyway? Sure. And he's so consistent throughout the year. He's got an engine on him. He doesn't really get injured that much. Um, he seems to be a kind of player that will play for any minor injuries. So even if he picks up a knock, he'll just keep playing. Nice. And then apparently he got COVID as well, Simakas. So it really affected right. his his uh, momentum. But it looks like a new season has definitely shown a new leaf for him. And mm. he looks like a really good backup this year. If so, Robbo, if Robbo was fit, would you have considered him over Trent or considered trying to get him in? For a split second. I mean, the, the 0.5 difference in their valuation yeah. isn't there. I mean, I he just, got more He got more points than Trent last year, didn't he? He did, yeah. And I think there isn't that much between them, I think. I, I think maybe not last season, but the season before, you could have the same discussion about Mane and Salah. And I think it, what it comes down to is, yes, Robertson is maybe more consistent but I think the potential ceiling of Trent is higher. 
the points that he can come back with mm -hmm. deliver potential points is higher than Robertson's. I agree. Um, I agree. And he takes free kicks. Um, they both take corners now. Robertson started taking corners last mm. season. But I think, you know, all those set pieces and, and attacking free kicks is, is big as well. It's, it's basically Trent's. So, um, yeah, I think he's worth the extra 0.5 for that. And there's not a lot of cover at right back. So I think Trent will play every minute he can. Yeah, Trent was one of those I mentioned who was just the immediate pick for me. Like, just don't even... It was one of the three players I was like, just get him in. Get him in and then let's see who else is available around him. Because I think he's so, yeah, I mean, his delivery, he shoots a lot. Corners, like you said, free kicks. He's just... Unrewarding. And the way they play, he yeah. get he finds himself so far up the pitch, maybe more so than, than yeah. Robertson. What Wasn't at the Euros, great, another plus for him. Exactly. He should, he should be fresh. <laughs> but yeah, I think, so, you know, those are our teams, but who's not in those teams who is there anyone that you really really wanted mm. i know you mentioned kufa already because we've we've um i've mentioned my team but is there anyone else that you really thought i would love to get them in but it's just not going to work yeah I cycle, i've cycled through a few man i've cycled through a few i really like the wells the chill well the crest wells really mm. like those two just couldn't quite i think chill wells a bit overpriced at six i think if he was 5.5 like Cresswell, or like some of the others at 5.5 like a luke shaw I think Luke Shaw being at 5.5, Chilwell being at six, it's a no-brainer to get Luke in. Yeah. I did have, I had Tierney in for a while. I really liked Tierney at Arsenal, but I just think, again, it's got a bit injury prone. And I haven't seen, I did like try and look it around at like predicted Arsenal lineups and I, I couldn't really find him and I couldn't find much mention of him. So I don't know if I've missed something with him that, suggest that he might not start but it just you know when you get that gut feeling of oh i don't know about this not sure here pump the um, brakes yeah lamptey was one who i had i think 4.5 for lamptey would have been an absolute bargain but once again injured and he's turning into that player now where you just think is he just going to be mr injury i really hope he doesn't because i love him i think he's amazing but very a bit concerning if you're a brighton fan that he seems to be seems to be quite injured so young yeah, and then Dinia, Dinia was one who I had in for a long time. Five point five, I think, is a good price for him. Then I watched that. I made the mistake of watching that Man United Everton preseason game, and I just thought, forget it. See you later. Yeah, I think they're going to be a mess this year, Everton. I think they're going to have a shocker. Yeah, it's such a shame because I think not just looking at defence and Dean specifically, but you look at their fixtures and you look at where they were last year, and you think great, I can really tease out some Everton players here and they'll have good value in the team. Mm. But the change of manager and just what is going on with, you hear players talking about whether they're going to stay or whatever, it must affect the overall team morale. And it just adds that, you know, another layer of uncertainty on, on those players. And like you said, there's for, their, for his valuation, there's other picks that are better. That are better. But and for Chelsea, for me, the, the one thing is, I don't know who's going to be in their starting lineup. You mentioned Chilwell, James, and Alonso could be there as well. Yeah. I don't know who's going to start. Alonso was rumored, wasn't he, to go win the Lukaku deal? But it looks like that's not that isn't the case now, and it's just a straight up cash deal for him. Yeah, Chelsea are always a bit like that, aren't they? They've always got one too many players in each position. Unbelievable depth. Getting to city levels, getting to yeah, the forward levels soon. I think they'll be good this year, won't they? They'll be pushing this year. Champions. People don't seem to be talking about, them, but Champions League winners, yeah. um, amazing squad, really. 
And then just finally on defenders, Josh, we haven't, obviously we are, all our defenders really are fullbacks for their attacking, their attacking potential. But there are every year a few centre-backs do well. Diaz, Maguire, did you consider any of them? Um, again, it depends on the valuation because when you've got defenders that like Dean, like Trent, that are taking free kicks, corners, as well as getting right up the pitch with potential for assists. I mean, they get they get the same points for clean sheets, right? So you're looking at where else can they get points from? Maguire, obviously quite good in the air, but I think we covered in, you know, when a, already in one of our other episodes content that the likelihood of your player, your player connecting at all with the ball from a corner, let alone it going in. So Super if you're slim, looking yeah. at like Maguire saying, oh, he's great in the air. How often is he going to score? It's still not going to be much. And he's no. like one of the better options. So, I mean, yeah, I would say he's actually a freak in the air, isn't he? He seems to win. He's one of those who wins every header, but they always seem to be terrible, tepid headers. Like every corner for England, I swear, it was like, yep, yeah, Maguire won it. Oh, it just kind of trickles wide or... Because his head's yeah, so big. Very frustrating. Control. It is. Can't control him. it when your head's that big. God bless you, um, Harry. So... Yeah, I didn't consider any really central defenders at all um, yeah. for teams that play in a two or a three with with three central defenders. What about you? Did any really kind of tickle your fancy? No. I mean, I've got White. I've got White's the one. He will. He's probably going to move to Kufalo, I think. But yeah, as, as you've said, I think fullbacks just offer better. You get the clean sheet, but you get the... There are so many, the way football's played now in the Prem, the fullbacks are some of the most attacking players. So, yeah. Best of both worlds. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Should we, uh, should we take a little break and then move on to the midfield? Onto the midfield. Yeah. See you in a second. See you in a second, though. And we're back. Uh, welcome back. As promised, we're moving on to the next set of positions. Midfielders, Jack. So do you want to give For me mids. or us all, including the listeners, your uh, who have you got in midfield? Okay, I'll give everyone. So caveat, I am part of the Bruno brigade at the moment. So I'm Ooh. going without Bruno so we can discuss that. Uh, but my five, so I'm playing a three, five, two. So all five of these are starting. So I've got Mo Salah, captain. I've got Sadio Mane, Sadio Mane uh, alongside him. Rafinha is in there. The Gundawan, the Gundawagon himself. Uh, and then a, late, a recent addition of Ben Rama. Oh, here he is. Uh, is also in there. So, yeah, that's, nice. that's what I've gone for. Double um, Liverpool. Double pool. So I don't. I just love, love, love their first fixture against Norwich. So that's let's tackle that elephant in the room. Mane instead of Bruno. Equally priced. I do think Mane is overpriced, definitely. I think Bruno is very fairly priced. Can't argue with his record. However, in this one-off game, do I think... Do I think Mane will do better against Norwich than Bruno will do against Leeds? I do. I do think I will. Mane, going back to that ownership, 4% owned compared to Bruno, 40%. So the, the, this is a real risk I'm taking. This is the one big risk I'm taking, really, game week one, is Mane, hoping Mane outperforms Bruno. 
in this game. And there were there was just there were just a couple of compounding layers with Bruno that just put me off him slightly. So I think he tailed off at the end of last season. Didn't look the same. Uh, Euros, I thought he was anonymous. Didn't look very good. Rumours of United going to a 4-3-3 with Bruno further back. So that 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 put me off him as well. Um, and then Mane, Mane's done well pre-season for Liverpool. So he's he looks back to his back to a sharper version of himself. Um, so I thought with that in mind, with the ownership being so low for Mane, the potential upside there is huge. So I thought, why not? If it goes completely bad, Bruno looks amazing. Mane does nothing again. That's a straight switch for game week two. Let's pretend it never happened. Move on with our lives. So that's that's what I'm going for. So it's a quick, it's a punt. But that's I think where I'm where I'm living. Um, I'm glad you came in quick with that with those rationalizing actually because i'm sure the listeners will be with me when you said it the eyebrow was raised the eyebrow mm. was raised it but was now raised. you've laid it all out it makes com- complete sense you're right same valuation they can switch between the two concerns around bruno's position i mean i can see it exactly from where you're coming from good first fixture for for mane he's yeah. scored in preseason. Salah hasn't i know the take from that one i know that's interesting isn't it but mane has looked sharp and I guess you're on, you know, you're on the wagon saying last year for Mane was a blip. This yeah, I mean, he's still, he was still like the fifth highest scorer in the game or something, Mane, last year. Like it was a blip. It was a blip for his ridiculous standards. But for an, any other mid, it was a pretty good year. Like he didn't do as badly FPL wise as I seem to remember him doing. Um but that all that being said, it goes against everything that I swear by in terms of look at the history. Bruno, highest scoring player in the game last year. What am I doing? Am I just doing this to be contrarian for the sake of it? Quite possibly. Will I bottle it on Friday? Quite possibly. So, but right now, if a bus hits me, Josh, the bus team, that's what's going live. Um, so, yeah, do you want to say your team your mid now and then we can we can, discuss, compare. Uh, we can compare and contrast who have you got who have you gone for so salah as well right off cool. the bat gotta be first, done pretty much first name of the team sheet i'm not a bruno i'm a brew yes a brew, so yes in there yeah. uh rafina as well another comparison mm-hmm. and then i've chucked a little bit more money into modefield so i've got sun mm. and then a bit of an enabler in brown hill as well. Burnley's Brown Hill. Yeah, very popular 4.5 mid. Presumably, so he'll be on the bench for you. He is on the bench. So the other four, Salah, Bruno, Rafinha and Son all started. Yeah. So we've both gone Rafinha. I guess your your view same as mine. 6.5 seems underpriced. Incredibly underpriced. Pricey player. I think he, he missed a few minutes uh, towards the end of last season, wasn't he? Because he was injured. But when he's on the pitch... And this is a bit a bit of the stats versus the eye test again. Mm. But the eye test he passes, stats-wise, he, he does have a good return as well. Mm. He seems to be pivotal and involved in everything Leeds do going forward. Agree. My only thing with him, so he's been one of the rare players that's been in since June or whatever this bloody thing launched. So he's been he's been a lock. But now and I, again, am I just getting bored of him looking at him on my team? But if I compare if you compare him to Harrison who's 0.5 cheaper. They've got exactly the same points per game last season. 
and Harrison's coming cheaper. And is that just because he's just less of a sexy pick than Rafinha? And actually, is it wiser going Rafinha, uh, wiser going Harrison and saving that 0.5 when they've essentially got the same projected return? I don't know. What do you, Did you think about Harrison? Did, did consider Harrison. I only considered Harrison in addition to Rafinha. I never considered as a replacement. So yeah, agree. Had them both in at one point. Yeah. And I think the, the problem for me was really wanting those other more premium assets definitely in there, meaning I had to go with a Brown Hill. And I didn't have the money to really go for someone like Harrison in addition to otherwise yeah. I literally wouldn't have had enough money. So I think it was a case of, yeah, definitely considered him, looked at him, um, but it would have been in replacement for Rafinha. And I, I think Rafinha was, although not a cornerstone of my team, definitely one of the people that I looked at immediately after like the Salas and the Trents and the Brunos to say, that's who I want in there. So yeah, it's, I, I do, I do think Harrison's going to return quite a lot. I just, I feel like Rafinha's maybe the better pick if he gets the minutes. Mm. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he's one of those players where it's like, hold on, why, why is he not playing for a top four team? You know, you put him in a top four team, he's not, he won't look out of place, Rafinha. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me. Another good year would not surprise me if um, someone goes knocking there. I'm amazed Leeds have kept all their assets. Really, I'm amazed they haven't been plundered by the by the big boys. But fair play to them. They obviously um, they've got something good cooking there, don't they, Leeds? Massively, yeah. And I was just trying to drill down a little bit more into that comparison between Harrison and and Rafina to think maybe is it because of the minutes played? Like Rafina's had a better return for minutes played, but not not to the price, but how as to why you may want to pick one or the other. And so Harrison's got what 160 points last year, and he played 200 and uh, sorry 2,846 minutes. Mm. And then Rafinha has come back with 133 and has played. 2,358. So he's played 500 less minutes. Um, I don't know. That's because it's down to his injuries, and he got I guess. How many, how many points did he get? 133 points. to Harrison's. So it's almost identical points per game. It's, it's almost very, identical. Yeah, very so close. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much in it, but Rafinha, you're right. He feels like he's got that ceiling that, that Harrison doesn't have. Um, but again, I'm wondering, am I just being biased there because he's a cool Brazilian and Harrison's an English dude with a top knot? I mean, uh, he does seem like the flair player, doesn't he? Like that everyone mm, kind of wants the, bit, look at. the yeah. bit of the maverick, the one that you think, okay, this guy mm. could get double-digit returns quite a few times throughout the season. And you look at Jack Harrison and think, can he do it? I mean, he did last year, but... He did do it like, last How year. many times can lightning strike a jack-shaped yeah, lightning tricky. bolt? Tricky. He is good, I think, Harrison. He is good player. Anyway, let's move on. It's Harrison or Rafinha, I think, are both good picks. Is why we'll settle there, won't we? They're both exactly. solid. Um, Take your especially the budget. So you've, so Josh, you've gone, you've gone three big boys. Really, you've got Son, ten million, big price tag. What are you? What's your thinking? So I didn't, my, it's funny when I started building my team and I looked at Son, I was like, for 10 million, I don't know if he's worth it. He won't, Kane won't be there this year. New manager, probably going against some of the things that I mentioned early on. 
but the one real thing which turned my head is just his return his overperformance on his xg and his xg from last year i think spurs will not become a terrible team immediately they might mm. not be as good as they were you know in recent years but they will still be you know one of the better teams in the league they will still get chances they have a good base um even if kane's not in there you know they've got other players that can step in so son will still get chances and the one thing we know about him is if he gets a chance he will score it because he is clinical so i just think at 10 yeah. you know he's he's just in that premium bracket and i want yeah wanted him on that on that stats basically yeah i hear you i love son i do love him for me he was just too much money again to have with two of the big boys the 12 millions and i think it to me it damaged my team too much i did try having him in and I think the price coupled with the the doubt at Spurs. So Kane, God knows what's going on there. But you're right. I think Sun in Spurs is the is the one solid thing about them. Just signed a new crazy deal, hasn't he, with them? Five years or whatever. Yeah. Five year deal. He's going to be the main man if Kane goes. If Kane stays, he'll still be great because they link up well. So that's kind of it's win win with Kane going and staying with Sun. I think. I just, yeah, I just, with Nuno there, it's just a bit of an uncertainty for me to justify spending that much. But I'd be very, very surprised if Sun didn't bang in the goals again this year. I mean, yeah, the other thing is they do have City off the bat, but then afterwards, you know, Wolves, Watford, Crystal Palace, so they've got a nice little pocket of three games. So, yeah, yeah. but again, there's enough time to react, isn't it? I guess I just, I liked the idea of having Sun because I would want him for the, for a prolonged long, period yeah. you know, I'm not just bringing him for the first five games and it's very difficult to manoeuvre your team to bring players like that in once they're once you don't have them because they are so expensive so, that is true man that is the, the benefit of of someone that like that price because you can then drop down to a multitude of players can't you you've got Mares, Havertz you've got players that are just below that price that you can easily take a little a little drop to and spend the cash elsewhere I suppose yeah, so that that's where I am with Sun. But um, so I can ask you the same kind of question, but from a different price you point. Can. From Gundogan. Mm, Gundogan. Where, where's your head at there? So head out with Gundogan. Yeah. So this this guy, uh, seven point five, not not super cheap at all. Really competing in my mind with him, Greenwood, Jota. So those three. Ooh. I think if I could, I'd get Jota in. And have literally have three Liverpool attackers in my midfield for the first game. But I, I want Trent as well. I want Mane, I want Salah. So that's Jota out. So the real temptation is to switch Mane to Bruno and bring Jota in for Gundogan for the same price. So that's what I'm grappling with. Is Mane and Gundogan better than Jota and Bruno? Probably not, but for some reason I've got them. But with Gundogan, Gundogan, Gundogan. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what he would say himself. Yeah, with Gundo. We speak Turkish, don't know. Gundo it is. With the gunner, Bruno is... Uh, De Bruyne is out, isn't he? I think Very much so. it pretty much looks like he's out. Peppers all but said him and Foden are gone, I think. And just looking at last year when De Bruyne was out and looking at the preseason games and even looking at the... I know they lost it, but the charity cut, charity shield... They, he was just so advanced. He was getting it, getting shooting positions. He was playing that De Bruyne advanced role that he's so good at. And I think of all the city assets, I did have Mares in there for a bit more money, but I think 
could do it. Gundo is better value. I think he's going to get the chances, especially while De Bruyne is out. And I want in getting into that City team is never a bad thing if you can do it. So I think that's why I've gone with the Gundog. So you're putting a lot of faith in your your purchasing the Gundo who was present when De Bruyne was missing last year. That's who I wanted to the advance role. Because yeah. if if for some reason Pep does a Pep and changes it, either plays a completely different system in the middle or says, I want Gundo and further back like he plays when De Bruyne's there and puts like yeah, it could something, happen. Then well, I think quite a lot of us were on the wrong side of that last year when we, we owned Gunduan and you were watching City games and he wasn't really crossing the halfway line. Like he was he was stood next yeah, to Rodri, always happen. playing that Rodri role where he just sits off and kind of cleans up. But then, like you said, you there are quite a few other assets you could switch to quickly if he does look like he's playing in that after game week yeah, one. Yeah, him but and if, Greenwood. I think Greenwood at the same price is very, very tempting again. It's just that if I, I'm 90% sure Greenwood will start for United, but it's just... There's just that small doubt in me. They've got a lot of attacking players, United, don't they? It's just, and I think he's the yeah. first one to drop out of those that are fit. If they shouldn't, if they decide to play a Sancho or a Marshall out wide, or you know, I don't know. What do yeah, you think of I, Greenwood? I like him. I wanted him. I just didn't have the money again because mm. I think it would have been in replacement of of Son probably for me because I. In my mind, I don't know how United will will set up. Um, no, with with Rashford, with his injury concerns, with his shoulder, they you know rumours that he's going to get that had surgery yeah. done. So looks it looks strong, like you could get Marshall out on that left side, or you could get Greenwood on that left side, or you could get Sancho if he's going to play both sides. But I guess what na- what makes sense to me is Marshall on the left, Sancho in his preferred right mid position which puts Greenwood directly up against Cavani up top. Because, you know, mm. like Neville talked a lot last season about actually Greenwood being played out of position. He's a natural centre-forward. Will he get finishing. ahead of Cavani? I'm not sure. I'm not, not with sure. Cavani's performances, I think, last year. Uh, he's um, so good. So I think, like, yeah, he may... I think he's going to be in rotation with Sancho and mm. Martial, whoever's on that left. Maybe he might take the left mid attacking mid position. Well, yeah, I think Rashford's there's too many there, questions, Josh. There's too many questions with him. Too much uncertainty. I think he's great. If he starts and you've got him, fair play to you. If you want to take the gamble, he starts. I think he'll score against Leeds probably, and do and do very well. It's just will he, will he start? And again with Jota, with other players in that price, you've got Jota, Grealish. I think they're all, and Havertz a little bit more expensive. If Man Havertz team. was seven point five, Havertz is in my team. But the eight point five is such a weird price. Not many players are that price. He's just a bit too expensive to to go for, isn't he? Yeah, Mount. Yeah, Mount. Mount just is. Mount's a bit like the Harrison pick of just just not being a sexy pick, is he? But probably will get the points. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I've I've heard around like people talking about. His ownership. I mean, his he does play advanced. We've seen him, you know, as an attacking threat. He can definitely, you know, get in around the box and attack players, attack, attack team. Sorry, and and really make a difference. But the big thing that I would be interested in is, you know, what role is he going to play throughout? And we don't really know what's going to happen with with their team. But I think the ownership. I'm just looking now. Is at twenty percent. 
you know it's not anything to be scared or write home about mm. i think it's yeah, he's in the mix but there's other there's better options 0.5 yeah i do agree just look at the other top scores from last year we haven't mentioned rashford we know is injured Again, I wouldn't. I don't like him as a pick anyway. Rashford for nine point five, even if he's fit. The legend that is Suchek at six million. Um, Can he do it again? Yeah, I mean, he did it at the start, didn't he? And then he very much tapered off. Suchek. Love him as a as a player. I'd love him in my team, but I'm not sure fantasy wise he's he's really going to do it. And then he got Zahar, the much much discussed but rarely selected. I would say. Zahar, what are your thoughts on Zahar? I've had him in the past and he's disappointed me, so I've taken him out again. But The rare the... FPL asset, which is the lesser spotted Zahar. Mm. <laughs> I, I, think, I think so many other podcasts, content providers uh, have, have talked about Zahar in previous seasons and the same argument rings true. You just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Like you don't know who's going to turn up, mm. whether he's had his Weetabix for breakfast and thought, you know what, I'm going to turn it on today, or whether he doesn't and just gets there and thinks, I'm not that bothered. I'm just going to, you know, cut a figure who looks very frustrated at playing for Crystal Palace, which he does seem to He just to do. doesn't want to be there, does he? He just, I feel like he hasn't wanted to be there for five years and every year he's annoyed, but then plays the next year. Like he feels like he's done, he's done the Harry Kane of sign a massive deal assuming he's going to be bought for 80 million hasn't been and now he's stuck there right it seems that way yeah and then he looks strange looks great in in certain games but never really performs consistently over the year and i think again you come down to yeah he can maybe get a double digit return but for consistency so many better options out there yeah i agree and you don't want to be watching palace on the on the weekend trying to just Wonder no. if Zaha's gonna get your points. No. Oh, we haven't talked about my final pick, Ben Rama. So Ben Rama, recent pick. He's this is a this is a classic Jack preseason form pick that I shouldn't have done really. But six million playing for in the number 10 role behind Antonio in every preseason game so far. Man of the match last game, he scored. I just think that's it's a wild pick, but I'm Currently, he's in there. So he's filling that Jay Ling's role then, right? So they haven't they haven't got Jay Ling's back, have they? So they no. haven't got him. If he did come back, if they brought him back, Ben Rama would be gone. Ben, he's out. But I think, and he's made everyone's make everyone's talking about Ben Rama in West Ham like it's it's a good thing. Like he's saying he's had a preseason this year, he didn't last year, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It just feels like the everything's pointing in the direction of a Ben Rama. Stars have aligned for Benny. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's he's a doubt. He's a doubt. He could easily move. He could move to a Harrison. He could move back to a Harrison. Or he could, yeah, he may not stay. But Worth yeah. the punt though for the Newcastle is the opening fixture. And then Leicester, Crystal yeah. Palace, Southampton. So you you can roll the it's dice. It's not the worst. Him. It's not the worst. I mean, Newcastle are like Newcastle, if Louis Zahar was a team that he'd be Newcastle, I think. Because, you d- again, you do not know what's going to oh, happen with yeah. Newcastle either. And there's probably one Newcastle player who's worth getting. And with that, should we move on to strikers? Oh, yes. Let's do yes, it. Let's do it. So okay, You go first, Joshua. So, you, yep. who have you gone for? So, I've gone for Antonio. You mentioned him already. Yeah. 
I think looked at all the other similar priced strikers that he could be compared against. And I think you were alluding to Wilson when you were talking about Newcastle Callum, yeah. options. So um, same price Antonio, right? Callum Wilson. So what made you pick? I think you've picked the right choice there, but what made you go for Antonio over Callum? It's funny. They, they actually, they have a similar profile, don't they? Like um, when they play, they're great. They both, have concerns around injuries yeah i think what pulled me towards antonio is he plays for a better team as a whole a better performing team Mm. and i think maybe he's got a higher ceiling so i think yeah there's concerns when you're looking at both of them are they going to be injured long term but direct comparison between the two i think antonio can get more points over the season because he plays for west ham not because he's a better finisher compared to, you know, um, Wilson directly. I think if Wilson played for West Ham, he'd be, you know, as much of a threat. Yeah. But Antonio plays for West Ham. So that's why I've gone for Antonio over him. The con- As I said, the minutes I actually wrote down in my notes that Antonio played less than 2,000 minutes last year. So right. it, it, even out of all the players who didn't play many minutes, you know, that that's not a lot of minutes at all. That no. showed how much he was off. And I think even West Ham tried to monitor his minutes and control them that much. But despite the minutes, he still had a, a very high XG last season. Underperformed slightly, but still, you know, I think it was 10 goals, double digits. He's a threat. Mm. He's so, I think when he's on form, when he's on song... He's sometimes he's unplayable, Antonio. He's transformed into this amazing striker, hasn't he? From this like weird winger. But I just feel I just hate watching him because any minute I'm waiting for the hamstring to snap. You know, I'm just like, when is this guy? And sometimes I swear he's played injured before, and he just looks like he can't run, can't move. But when he is fit, if he is fit, he's a hell of a player. Absolute hell! I'll never forget that that year he scored four a couple of years ago. Did he? Scored four, and I think one guy in our mini league had captained him out of nowhere, and he just rocketed up. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was it, really. Him, it was him against Wilson, and maybe, well, actually, it was directly against Wilson because the next person <coughs> I've got is I've gone for Tony. You've gone for Tony, yeah. So you've gone for the promoted player. I've gone for the promoted player, and the reason why I've gone for Tony is because. At his price point, 6.5, the only other player that I really wanted to look at was Molpe. And I hate he's Molpe. Got, uh, yeah, he's got... <laughs> I think he's terrible. That comes in. I don't really like do. I don't like I him. think he is awful. I think he's but, been, he just can't finish. But yeah, he's, got, he's got great fixtures. We've already talked about for Brighton. He was 10th last year for expected goals. That's surprising. And so he's getting in, he's getting the chances he's getting involved whether he's you know he's actually going to get them as another point his points return I think he came just over a hundred uh, points for the year so it's not a great return so mm. what I was thinking was I'm really only picking more pay for the fixtures there and I'm not even sure if he's going to start because looking at Brighton's preseason fixtures I think it's Connolly actually who's been starting he's decent Connolly yeah I wouldn't even consider Tony versus Morpé. You've made a hundred percent the right choice there with, with Tony. No yeah. doubt in my mind, I wouldn't have even compared him. I wouldn't have even thought about him. So you've, you've done more work than I would have done. But yeah, yeah, Tony so is. And it's just that um, team selected by as well. I think Tony, Tony, um, Tony, Tony, Tony is like thirty percent. Mm. So I think it's another reason to. Yeah, the to price have him. is massive. 
And yeah, the, the problem will be if he doesn't perform. At 6.5, I'm going to have to shuffle things around a little bit. And there's no one else that I'm really willing to drop, that I would like to drop mm. to, to gain the money to do that. So I'm a bit worried that he may be a bit of a dead weight for me if he doesn't perform. Because the next, the third striker for me is um, Obafemi. And he's a bit, he's completely an enabler. He's not going to start, is he? So mm. um, I'm a bit worried that those two may be dead weights. And then that, you spend a lot of effort then trying to cycle around. So I think I may, before I mean, the season you can starts, give, have to switch it. You can give Tony, I mean, he's got Arsenal first, but then he's got Palace, Villa and Brighton. So it's not the worst and then Wolves. So I don't think it's the worst run of five games for you to see how he does. Because if he does become, I mean, his record last year was unbelievable. Wasn't it? it was like, it wasn't just the goals. So I don't think we're looking at another Pookie who only scores goals and nothing else. I think he, he had over 10 assists and over 30 goals or something. Tane, did he? It yeah. was in, like an unbelievable record for, for a championship striker. So yeah, if he comes good, you you will be laughing. See, I'm feeling well. It, it's apparent discussing the midfield. I put a lot of money into my midfield, and mm. this is the other side of this is the you know the double edged sword. There, this is this is where I've been cut on the other side of it. So yeah, I mean I'm he's really... easily the best, easily the best player at that price. I would say. I mean, I wouldn't go to Puki. I think Puki's cheaper, isn't it? At six or something, but. We've all been burned by Pookie. Pooks. I, I mean, great start when he was here. Bless him. God God bless him up to November. He was class. But yeah, yeah, we all got I'm, burned there. I'm getting PTSD thinking about Pookie Pook. for long. Yeah, it was you held Bringing on to him, him for just way as he too stops, <laughs> Just as he stops scoring, hold on to him. Class again. He'll yeah. come good again, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was a weird year. Um, um, so yeah, that, that's my three. Who have you got? Then we can compare. Cool. Uh, yep, so I've got the two, so my three, five, two. I've gone a bit more expensive here. So I've gone Danny Ings and Patrick Ings. Bamford. So I've got the two eight million strikers. So yeah, very tempted to go for an Antonio or a Wilson. I did have Ian Acho in, but I think there's doubts now. I think Leicester just got too many striking options. For some reason, he keeps playing Perez. Don't know why. I think he's terrible compared to Inacho. I love Inacho. I think he's he showed last year that he should be their number one striker choice really now. Now Vardy's a bit older. But yeah, Bamford, I think Bamford, second highest score in the game, striker in the game last year. With him, I feel like there's a bit of anchoring bias with managers in that they know he was 5.5 last season. So they're anchored to that price. So they think eight is a massive jump. But I think if you look at his scores from last year, like he, he overperformed an 8 million player. So an 8 million is actually good value for him um, this year. And I think Leeds will just be better than they were last year. They got used to the Prem, got used to Bielsa's style. Yeah, I think Bamford's a, a touch of class, really. Uh, and 8 million for the second highest striker in the game is, I think, is a bargain. Uh, Danny Ings I mean Ings just I didn't even I'll be honest I didn't think about Ings until he moved to Villa suddenly suddenly I think he's the best player ever Uh, yeah but again Ings similar he's another one like Wilson Antonio isn't he where is he going to pick up an injury he probably is but I think even when he was at Southampton when he was fit he was a really good pick in this Villa team 
I think he'll be, he should be a force to be reckoned with. With his, I think he's one of the best finishers in the league. And yeah, as a Villa fan, I, I'll love watching him score. So when he scores, it'll be double, double trouble for me, fantasy and Villa goals. And yeah, hopefully we can, we can feed him, give him what he needs. I did have Watkins. Sad, I think I would have Watkins here if Ings hadn't been signed. 7.5, yeah. a bit cheaper. But I think Ings coming in has kind of ruined the Watkins pick a bit because I think he'll either be pushed out wide or sadly for him, benched. I think if Ings is fit, you've just got to start Ings up top. It's just got to be done. Have I seen as well that there's concerns around Watkins fitness for the first fixture? So yeah, he picked up a knock in the last friendly. He did play. He started Ings and Watkins. He tried a 4-4-2 and then moved to a 4-3-3 uh-huh. with Watkins on the on the wing and then Watkins got a knock in. We didn't look very good at 4-4-2. So I think I'd be surprised if he went with it really even if Watkins was fit, but yeah. But yeah, what I'd avoid Watkins for sure and go for so yeah. Ings and Bamford I'm feeling pretty good about them too and then you've got Obafemi as well as the and sorry Obafemi is the enabler yeah 4.5 striker the only one really likely to get any minutes even if he does but if he doesn't third on my bench not not too bothered he's not yeah he's just there to allow you to get points elsewhere so I think I don't think you've got Villa tinted glasses looking at Ings because I considered him as well but he was just with the money that I'd poured into midfield he was slightly too expensive Mm. as a non-Villa like football fan the only concern I would have is no Grealish Mm. new players in Buendia and remind me who your winger is again that you bought from Leverkusen so um, Bailey Bailey who Bailey's a bit of a maverick Buendia proven in the Prem but obviously not as good as Grealish so everyone's waiting a non-Villa fan like me is waiting with bated breath to see how how well that's going to work and how many chances Ings is going to get. Yeah, it's true. I think that's that is fair. I think there's hype. It's very positive. Despite the sale of Grealish, it's it's feeling very positive in the Villa amongst the Villa fans and camp really because of those signings we brought in. I think it's unlikely Bailey will start at the weekend. So what's the general consensus? It'll be Buendia. If Watkins is fit, it'll probably be Buendia at 10, Watkins and either Traore or El Ghazi on the wing mm-hmm. with um, with Ings up top. Um, or the former two with, with Buendia there. Yeah, there is a lot of hopes with Buendia can, can plug that creative gap with Grealish. It won't be as good, obviously. Um, but I do think Ings is a better striker than Watkins, so that kind of balances out a bit, maybe. And I think Ings was so good at Saints a very average Saints side, Saints team, and a very average Burnley team, but he's still shone in those sides. I think he's just the kind of striker that gets goals wherever he goes. So we'll see. It's a hope. It's a hopeful one, though. It's very hopeful from me. Yeah, I'm look. I am looking quite with jealous eyes because I did have actually before <laughs> I had to down downgrade. I did have Bamford and Ings in my lineup and then when I picked mm. the midfield had to get rid of them. So is that Sun Sun is that Sun is the, the hidden third premium, isn't he, in a way? Like 10, 10 mil, it's, it's, it's a lot huge. And there are a lot of options and strikers in that middle range. So if I did, you know, before this weekend that could be a consideration to downgrade Sun, get a bit of money, more money into the attackers, maybe get someone who's going to start over Obafemi as as a kind of backup fodder for the bench and maybe mm. 
take Tony up to someone. Um, yeah, I think your third, like Obafemi will be third on our benches. I don't think we need to worry about it. Like, unless you want to play a 4 3 3. But having a third bench player who doesn't play, I don't think it's anything. How often are they going to get used? Yeah, very, exactly. very, very, very little. Yeah. And yeah, we obviously haven't gone big. So we haven't gone Harry Kane. We haven't gone Obama Yang. We haven't gone Jamie Vardy in the in the higher price brackets. Do we want to? I mean, I think Kane, you, no one should touch Kane now with the state that, that he's in. No, exactly. Um, we don't have enough information, do we, on, on whether he's willing to play for Spurs or whether that deal is going to go through. If it's he weird, ends up playing for City, you would assume he's nailed on and he could mm. be a great a great pick. And I'm sure a lot of managers will be shuffling, trying to find money to, to shift into that. But at the moment, it just seems like it's such a risk. Still not quite as much of a risk as getting someone like Aubameyang or Vardy. Aubameyang? <laughs> oh, Aubameyang, how frustrating was that last year? Midfielder, 10 million, this is a gift. This felt like a gift from the gods of FBL or 11 million, whatever he was. And then he just proceeds to have an absolute stinker of a year. It was, it was crazy. So yeah, much talent. His first pick in everyone's team, wasn't he? Template, oh, straight yeah. in. Um, 100%. But yeah, it just didn't it shows return. that anything can happen. Yeah. And we've already covered that in, in one of our other um, episodes that, you know, Vardian underperformed his XG last year, something very un- uncharacteristic. And is that, you know, a sign of things to come now for him? Um, yeah, I love Vardy, but I think finally those WKDs are catching up with him now, aren't they? Too, like, yeah, too much. I, I mean, he is a class. He's a legend of a striker for sure. The Prem, for me, one of the best one of the best, like under probably underrated for his legacy. Yeah, um, but they can't rely. Should on have him. played for England more, but now, yeah, just play in that show. Just play in that show, man. Get yeah, him in. And he's, he's his valuation is still so high for, mm. for for that. Like maybe if he was quite a bit lower. But to be honest, even if he was, you know, at the seven point five or whatever, up against Wilson and Antonio, I I still don't know if I'd pick him over those two. So. No, I know it's what you mean. That one. says it all, doesn't it? When you, yeah, when you mentally reduce a player's price and say, "Would you still pick them?" and the answer is no, definitely they're a no, aren't they? Yeah. Um, DCL, we haven't mentioned DCL, one of the stars of last year. Neither same of us have thing him. applies. Is is like the whole Dean? We've covered it with Dean, haven't we? Like, Everton, what's going yeah. on at Everton? So, and he he was again beginning through the to the middle of the season. He looked like a reborn Alan Shearer, like just looked incredible, could finish, scored absolute bangers, fox in the box, head yeah, dominant Inzaghi, in the air. Inzaghi was the comparison, wasn't it? Because of Ancelotti, yeah, he was, he was class. And then he just fizzled. I think got injured, didn't he? Came back and he just was not the same. Mm. It suddenly looked like he was doubting his touches, maybe a little bit like the play he was before the beginning of that season. And so again, it, you look at the players to compare around him, and then their, you know, their their fixtures look pretty good, but it's not worth the punt in my eyes. What I agree, man. Yeah, fully agree. I've never, even when he's one of those players for me that even when he was doing really well, I was just not convinced by. But should have been, you know, he's one of those reverse eye test players for me that I just think is shit, even when he's clearly very good. So yeah, I was never tempted. Never, never tempted. 
And he's one of those players that I'm forced to bring in reluctantly if he starts doing well, you know? You're like, oh, God, I better get him then. Got to have him. You know what I mean? He's that kind of guy. But knowing that you're going to take him out, you're like, I'll bring him in for his form and then he'll be out straight away. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not won't care if he goes. Um, so, yeah, wait and see big time with that one. And then Timo Werner, any consideration? Uh, no, no, no. Especially no, with the Lukaku. So. It looks like it's sorted, isn't it? Well, um, yeah. If it if it comes, what will that turn ooh, your head for game the, week one? Maybe not for game week one, but I think planning forward, it could be a son sacrifice, sacrificial son mm. to move budget over to the striker but the problem is i've got i've set myself up now with such cheap strikers that it's a it's probably going to be a very big hit difficult jump yeah to to get antonio my highest valued attacker at 7.5 up to whatever he's going to be at probably 11 i would have thought so so will you do an antonio switch rather than a really bump up tony and take sun down to a a fiver yeah potentially i'd the thing is, is because I wouldn't do it in game week one anyway. We already have yeah. a snapshot who's performed well, so it could yeah, be exactly. it could be a Bruno on the basis that you said Bruno's not quite doing it. So, um, yeah. But would you be I interested mean, in Lukaku, the Romelu? Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the best. I think he's top three strikers in the world. Really, I think you'd be mad not to not to have him. I think he's amazing. I mean, price depend if he comes in at twelve mil, say that would maybe make me think well. Let's wait and see, but I, I, but my bet would he'd come in at like ten point five. In which case, that would be, that snap would be a, I'd snap him up. Yeah, not again. You're right though, not before game week one. Unlike it's unlikely any player who comes in now would start. Is it for their, for their team? Yeah, I how suppose? many training sessions are they going to have with the team? Yeah, surely not um, many. Chelsea have got the Super Cup, don't they, as well at some stage this week. So it's yeah, um, it will be interesting. We've already mentioned the internationals coming back. A lot of these lineups aren't going to be their true starting lineups, aren't they? So mm. I guess we've we've based a lot upon what we're hoping yeah. will be starting lineups. But yeah, defo. Um, uh, yeah, good. Well, that's great. And then finally, when would you? When do you normally play your wild card? Is it after a couple of weeks? Do you save it? What's I, your like to save it but if i've got this completely wrong with all of these calls and there's a few calls that could go either way then i i wouldn't make it before game week five obviously i'd always wait to see how things play out but if it got to game week five and a lot of these calls look bad that bruno wasn't doing it (laughs) son wasn't doing it Mm. um tony's not doing it and tony gets injured then you're sometimes you're better off pressing the reset button (laughs) and trying to you know, put out those fires. Yeah. What about you? If, if, you know, in your boat, in your boat, if, if Mane didn't do it, Gundogan didn't do it, Ings got injured. When mm. would you be looking at your wild card? Yeah. I've got, I always kind of earmark that first international break. So I think it is game week five, isn't it? And then I'm happy to play it, but I'm also not averse to playing hits in the first few weeks. I just think, get on the bandwagons, get the price, get, get on the price rises and just play aggressive for the first few weeks. Um, if someone looks shit, just get them out. <laughs> yeah, decisive. I like yeah. it. Yeah, great. Cool. That's it. Well, you know, we I guess we've compared all, all of the positions now. There's nothing left to say, but 
we go head to head for real. Yes, indeed. Looking forward to it with completely different teams, no doubt. But come Friday, exactly. I'll have your team. You have <laughs> massive my team. waste of time. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that was really good, Josh. Thanks for that, and thank you, listener, for listening. Great. We'll see how these calls go after game week one, and um, yeah, listen in. We'll be in touch afterwards. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs>